You're listening to Save Me an Isle Seat, the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and relatable way. I am Katie, and I'm joined by my fellow musical enthusiast, Amber. Hey. Also joining us is our musical newbie, Matt. Hello. And you notice I did not introduce Kylie because she is busy this week, unfortunately. She's doing adult things. She's being an adult. How dare she? Mm -hmm. So we will miss her, but... uh, on this week's episode, we are going to be covering Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, the 2004 musical comedy that is based on the 1988 film of the same name. We will be going over the 2005 original Broadway cast recording, which will be linked in our show notes as usual. This is the one that I am mo- uh, familiar with. I don't think there's actually another recordings out currently. So some background about the show. The musical premiered at the Old Globe Theater in San Diego, California on September 22nd, 2004. The music and lyrics were by David Yazbek, book by Jeffrey Lane, and then it moved to Broadway in January 2005 and officially opened in March at the Imperial Theater. The show closed on September 3rd, 2006, after 626 performances, which isn't, you know, too terrible, but not as high as the numbers that we've seen before. Mm-hmm. The cast included John Lithgow, Norbert Leo Butts, who ha- uh, plays Fierro in, in Wicked. Wicked. He fantastic. Uh, and Sherry Renee Scott. A North American National Equity Tour launched on August 4th, 2006, with Norbert Leo Butz reprising his role as Freddy. The tour ended on August 19th, 2007. The 25-city non-equity tour began on September 25th, 2007 in Dayton, Ohio, ending March 23rd, 2008 in Memphis, Tennessee. International productions have been staged in Tokyo, Mexico City, Stuttgart, Seoul, Oslo, Stockholm, Tampere, and Zen. It opened in Sydney, Australia on October 24th, 2013, and closed December 2013. The original UK production had pre-West End tryouts at the Manchester Opera House and at the Aylesbury Waterside Theatre beginning in November 2013. Previews began at the Savoy Theatre, London, on March 10th, 2014. Official opening night was on April 2nd, 2014, and closed March 7th, 2015. The UK tour started on May 5th, 2015 at the New Alexander Theatre in Birmingham, and it closed in November 2015 at the Blackpool Winter Gardens. Hmm. So, it had a a fairly short run. We'll we'll kind of go over why. Just a little bit here and there. So, the Broadway reviews were mixed. The show was compared to the 2001 hit musical The Producers as a, quote, borrowed recipe. One review said it was a bit vulgar, a bit hokey, a bit for the tired businessman, but often funny, not infrequently clever, with a nice sprinkling of, out- of the outrageous. Kind of a weird review, but okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Backwards, around the around the bed type compliment. Yeah. Good, yeah, but not bad, but also, eh? <laughs> right. And then the West End reviews were generally favorable, but still not fully well-liked. So one review stated, there's plenty of razzle-dazzle, yet also a wry knowingness. The Financial Times found the show silly, but not, quote, in a good way. It determinedly eradicated every atom other than the feel-good. Any instance of underplaying may conceivably result in docked wages. Basic theatrical continuity goes out the window, as characters sing in verbal idioms and even in accents entirely alien to their spoken lines. (laughs) Yeah, which... What a review. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, all right. However, the show was nominated for a bunch of awards. It may have only won a handful, but they tried. So they did win uh, a Tony Award for Best Performance by a Leading Actor in a Musical to the lovely Norbert Leo Butts. There was also a Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Actor in a Musical, again, Norbert Leo Butts, 
two Drama League Awards for Distinguished Production of a Musical and Distinguished Performance. Guess who? Norbert Leo Butts. <laughs> and then one Outer Critics Circle Award, which, guess who that went to? Norbert Leo Butts. <laughs> I yeah, so I was trying to feel like the show didn't get any awards. But he ju- did. Just Norbert. <laughs> <laughs> he, one might say he got a buttload. A <laughs> buttload. <laughs> <laughs> Kylie's uh, not here to show. fire me. That's true. <laughs> true. <laughs> You're gonna get away with a lot of stuff. So yeah, so it's still a fairly young musical, and again, it didn't do as good as like some of the other ones that we've covered. I personally really like the music, the majority of it anyway. But I do know that the stage production itself, like the the lines and everything, don't live up to the music. Kind of like how we talked about with Susical, where mm-hmm. the music was really fun and. Then you actually heard, like, what actually went into it, and it was like, oh. <laughs> huh? Yeah. But the movie is really, really good, and it's really funny, so I can see, like, why they tried. So let's go ahead and jump into our Act 1, where we open on a lively casino near the French Riviera in the song Overture. We meet con artist Lawrence Jameson, who is tricking wealthy women out of their money with the help of his quote-unquote bodyguard, Andre, in the song Give Them What They Want. Muriel Eubanks and a few other women express their devotion and amorous feelings for Lawrence, who has conned them, in the song, What Was a Woman to Do? Andre warns Lawrence about a highly successful con artist known as the Jackal, who is said to be visiting the area. Later, aboard a train, Lawrence watches an American named Freddie Benson, who he assumes is the Jackal, swindle a woman. He notices that Freddie doesn't make as much money as he does. Lawrence brings Freddie to his lavish mansion. Freddie envies Lawrence's success as a con man and describes everything he'll have when he's rich in the song Great Big Stuff. Freddie then asks Lawrence to show him his ways. Meanwhile, Andre thinks that Freddie is unworthy of Lawrence's attention and compares Freddie to a chimp in a suit in the song (laughs) Chimp in a Suit. Wow. Hmm. Fitting, I guess. (laughs) Lawrence considers Freddie's request until Jolene Oakes, a woman he's conned, informs him at gunpoint that he's going to marry her and move with her to Oklahoma. In the song, Oklahoma? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> We're getting married. <laughs> what? <laughs> Lawrence decides to use Freddy and have him pose as his repulsive brother, Ruprecht. In the song, All About Ruprecht. Seeing that Lawrence intends to make Ruprecht a large part of their life together, Jolene calls off the wedding, which, fair. <laughs> yeah. Lawrence begins to think that there isn't enough room for both of them in the town after the pair argue. This town ain't big enough for the two of us. Now say it in a French accent. Yeah, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Is this town? It is uh, not big enough for the two of us. I'll accept it. I'll I'll take it. All right, all right. Better than I could have done. So the two make a deal. The first to swindle a woman out of $50,000 gets to stay in town while the other has to leave. Which is a large amount of money. Who just has that lying around? Not me. All these bored rich women. Yeah, fair. Uh, We're in the wrong business. I True. guess we just need to go con people. <laughs> rich women. Uh, yes, let's go con some rich women. Immediately after agreeing to this deal, we are introduced to the American Soap Queen. Her name is Christine Colgate, and she is optimistic, naive, and hopelessly clumsy, constantly bumping into people in the song Here I Am, which is one of my favorite songs of the show. And of course, this makes her the perfect target. Absolutely. <laughs> so, of course, both men decide to target her. Freddy presents himself as a man paralyzed from the waist down. 
Christine and Freddie discuss their medical options, and he explains that only one therapist, Dr. Schaffhausen, can help him. But he can't afford the $50,000 fee. Oh, no. So Christine tells him to keep his hopes up in the song Nothing is Too Wonderful to be True, and offers to pay for it, just as he had hoped in the song The Miracle. However, Christine reveals that actually Dr. Schaffhausen is at the hotel already, and Freddie is shocked to discover that Lawrence is Dr. Schaffhausen. Dun, 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 dun. So, con man con manning other con men. Yes. It's a con off. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> but with that, uh, we actually go into our intermission. So it's a fairly it's a really straightforward story. Well, yeah, I mean, they set up the dominoes and we are waiting for them to fall. Yes. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to watch them fall. <laughs> yes. Definitely seems like a lot of fun though. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's a lot of fun. It's really good music. I should have mentioned it technically originally I might have given this one like a light mama warning, especially for the song all about Rupert because it just gets kind of vulgar, like mm-hmm. obnoxiously so. Funny, but you know, not for not for everybody. Mm-hmm. But the whole the whole the show as a whole isn't like the worst. I feel like this is the type of show that if the two leads get along really well with each other and have a good energy about them, it can like really make or break the show. Oh yes. yeah, because I imagine it could be a lot of fun just messing with somebody mm-hmm. on stage. Mm-hmm. Like they haven't really gotten into it just yet, but in the next act, there's shenanigans afoot. Yeah, and I think actually that was one of the complaints about the show, is that the characters weren't written well together, which is what was such a good dynamic for the movie, you know? Yeah. They they played off each other so well, but they didn't have time to establish that same kind of relationship with the musical, I guess. Yeah, I've only I've only heard the music, so I don't really have like a basis to compare. Yeah, I have like not seen this one. Any non-song dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't seen this one, but my parents saw it, and they were greatly disappointed. Womp womp. Womp womp, basically, yeah. But yeah, so I know it's a short act, but how do we feel about it so far? It's a good time. Fun? I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty straightforward story. Con man tries to con other guy, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to prove themselves to be the better one. Right. Seems like simple hijinks. I can see why it might... It would work better as, like, a movie versus a musical. Yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't feel totally musical-fitting. I don't know. I I feel like a lot of musicals, especially ones that are successful, things are kind of constantly happening. Maybe Mm -hmm. not, like, big things all the time. But if you're going for, like, con artist stuff, there's a lot of build-up and, like, not a whole lot of payoff for a while. Yeah. And I feel, yeah, a slower-paced movie mm-hmm. benefits that a lot better. You can set up, like, a lot slower scenes where right. not a whole lot's happening, but... Yeah. So, eh, I mean, just, I, like, I, again, I really enjoy the music, but the but the show, yeah, it, it definitely is missing something. And I wonder if anyone will ever revive it at any point. Mm-hmm. They, they tried a couple times, like, with the Australian tour. Like, they, they switched some songs around, and but, with, like, the UK brought it back. So, eh. <laughs> so yeah, so because Kylie is unfortunately not here with us this week, we're going to have Matt read our intermission fact. What? Yeah. No right. pressure. Since you're not well, fired. Our little factoid today is that our wonderful Mr. Butts, who played Freddy in the original Broadway cast, is a two-time winner of the Tony Award for Best Actor in a Musical, one of the only nine actors ever to have won that award as lead actor. Ooh. The other was for a musical Catch Me If You Can. 
Yes, which we will cover eventually. Yes. One might say, he's a talented fellow. I would agree with you. Very much so. Yeah, so it's pretty cool that he's in a a very small margin of people that have won that award twice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really goes to show that, like, they are a good performer. Yes. And it's not just the material. Like, you can have really good material and win awards for it, but if you go on to have other productions and continue to win awards... That's gotta be saying something for you. Gotta be the common denominator somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Right. But, yeah, so if no one has... Anything else for this chunk? I don't think I have any updates this week. Let's go ahead and... Well, the easy one is to con our way into Act 2. Hold on. The gerbil is moving. The wheel is spinning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gerbil a wheelchair. Let's wheel. wheel our way into Act 2. Mm. No. Um, I don't know. <laughs> We're going the easy route. <laughs> On our way into Act Two. It's so lame, though. So lame. It's boo, self boo. <laughs> We're all fired. <laughs> After a quick introduction in Interact, Lawrence as Schaffhausen performs several torturous tests on Freddy in the song "Roughhausen mit Schaffhausen," <laughs> nope. which is ridiculous. Yeah. Is the best title of the song. It's also a really good one because throughout the whole thing, he keeps having to smack Freddy's legs to like. Try and get him to mess up. Yeah. And it's pretty hilarious. And of course, Freddy has to endure them without complaint, because remember, he can't feel anything from the waist down, supposedly. And it's such a funny song. Which, like, the the girl's gotta be pretty naive, because it's like, he, it's like a hit, and then just like... <laughs> <laughs> On the sidelines, Muriel meets Andre, and the two fall in love. In the song, like this slash like zat... Which is a romance to me that comes out of nowhere. It's fine. Yeah. Sure, why not? Yeah. Lawrence makes every effort to get close to Christine in the song The More We Dance. He realizes that Christine is not as rich as they originally thought. And he tells Freddie that they should call off their $50,000 deal. And, well, Freddie reluctantly agrees because they're not going to con someone who's, you know, actually broke. They come to new terms, deciding whoever beds Christine first gets to stay. Oh, no. Not the most morals. Nope. But. (laughs) Ah, yes. We are the men, and we will decide that the woman is the trophy. Yep. Bit a bit kind of dated. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the humor is fairly dated, and probably why it doesn't work in most places. Yeah. Yeah, it would need a lot of work for, like, a successful revival. Yes, I would agree. So, Freddy sleeps, and I mean, literally, like, he just sleeps with her and hires two sailors to kidnap Lawrence so that he can have Christine to himself. Freddy meets Christine at the hotel, where he tells her he needs motivation to get out of his chair. Because the whole thing is, like, he's mentally stuck in his chair. Whatever. Sure. Yeah, he's not actually disabled. It's, like, PTSD that's keeping him in the chair. Yes. And she says that she'll be his motivation in the song Love Is My Legs. She sits on the bed till he is finally able to stand up out of his chair and walk to her on the bed, where he accidentally falls on top of her in exhaustion. Oh, Oh, I stumbled. Oh, no. Lawrence shows back up, and it turns out to be a test planned by him and Christine. Got him. Lawrence has the same two sailors kidnap Freddy while he takes Christine to the train station so she can leave, and the song Love sneaks in. Freddy shows up, having escaped the sailors, too late to get to Christine. The next day, Freddy meets Christine back at the hotel, and she says that she couldn't leave without seeing him again in the song Son of Great Big Stuff. 
Fun fact, right here in the album is a special message from John Lithgow telling you that you should not continue unless you've seen the show before. (laughs) Which is pretty great. He's like, hey, stop what you're doing. Go buy tickets. I have a family to feed. (laughs) But mostly it's because we're spoilers. Yeah. A little fun tongue in cheek. (laughs) Yeah. So the two get in bed together before the scene switches to Lawrence's mansion where Christine arrives, telling him tearfully how she came back to see Freddy, how they'd made love, and then she woke up and all of her money was gone. No! no! Out of remorse, Lawrence packs 50k into a suitcase and tells her to take it. Christine takes it, but then returns and gives it back, saying, I'll have something so much better to remember you by before leaving. Suspicion. Suspicious! A few minutes later, Freddy shows up in his underwear. Uh huh. Lawrence is angry with him for taking Christine's money. Freddie claims, however, that they never made love at all. They were about to, but she knocked him out. When he woke up, all his belongings and clothes were gone. Lawrence opens the suitcase to find the money is gone, replaced by Freddie's clothes and a note that reads, Goodbye, boys. It was fun. Love, the jackal. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Love it. So, it's, it's a pretty great twist. So the whole time, she had been the one scamming them, And this all happens in the song, The Reckoning. So it's pretty great. A while later, Christine returns to Lawrence's chateau, bringing a group of people with her. The guys admit the scam was a good adventure in the song, Dirty Rotten Number. And they hatch a scheme to scam the crowd of people together in the finale. So yeah, now they're like, it was a great time. Yeah. Okay. They they do, she duped us, but... Actually, looking back on it, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're they're more impressed than anything. Yes. Instead of, like, bitter and angry. Yeah, so Freddy calls her, like, a bunch of names, like, you know, deceitful and liar and whatever. And Lawrence is just like, yeah, isn't she wonderful? <laughs> like, She's just like us. <laughs> it's so great. And that ends the show with them becoming th- three of a kind, is what they describe it. So It's, it's like a, a boat full of... Yeah, tourists and tourists, and they're like, she's like, hey, I got this big job, and I can't do it by myself, and they're like, uh, okay, <laughs> yeah. So that wraps up the musical, and it is ridiculous and still a lot of fun. Again, I, I will say it's a lot of fun, but if it ever came back to the stage, I think it does still need some revamping, some updated, yeah, updated humor. Yeah, the movie still holds up though. I'd be interested to see the movie again. I think going back to our intermission discussion, it's like. Maybe the story just benefits a movie better. Yeah. Also, it had um, Michael Caine and Steve Martin, and they make a great pair <laughs> in the movie. Okay. You'd, you'd love it. We're, okay. we're definitely going to have to watch yeah, it. Like, yeah. Con in like heisty movies are going to be just slower paced in general, so maybe. I don't know. But this one adds humor. And also, mm-hmm. a fun fact about this one the 1988 film was based on a previous film as well. That no, actually please. flopped really badly. Oh. Mm. And Michael and Michael Caine like asked the directors like why are we making a film that was that bad? terrible? And the director's like why would I remake a film that was good? Which is like makes Fair. a lot of sense cuz like we're in remake culture right now where they're constantly oh, pumping out remakes. It's yeah. so like why? I'm Just so tired to try of and yeah, like yeah. regrab the nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. So I liked his views like why would I remake a good film when I can make a bad one good? Like Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, so that is the show. What do we think about as a whole? I mean, I already talked about my opinion, but... Yeah, I mean, this one... Enjoyable. Yeah, it, like, had me in the first half. I was like, all right, hijinks, con men, cool. You know, beginning mm. of the second half, I was like, mm, maybe not so much, because, like, the whole sleeping with a girl thing, no thanks, like, turns me off. Right. But 
by the time it was like she was the con man after all, you won me over <laughs> with that. Like, I love it. Yes. I love it. So, yeah, with a bit of a refresh, I think this could be a fantastic show. And I'm curious to see the movie. Because I think yes, I like it. Yes, we definitely have to watch it because you guys will love it. It's so funny. Yeah, it's a, it's a decent show. I do recommend listening to the soundtrack and making your own, you know, uh, decisions about it. If you've ever seen it, you know, let us know what your thoughts were. Because, you know, we, again, we haven't seen it in person. Different from other shows that we've done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, we're, we're still pretty fresh off the heels of, like, Hadestown. a slam dunk. Oh, <laughs> I love it. So it's a bit, it's a bit hard, but yes. it's passable. It is passable. Definitely not bad. It's, yeah. it's a soundtrack I listen to fairly often, but yeah, I think that's going to be it for this one. I do want to say that this is going to be our 50th episode. Oh. Isn't that wild? Wait, seriously? Wow. Damn. Yeah, 50th episode. Hades Sound was 49. This is 50. All right. Time freaking flies. Yeah. Yes. So insane. We're at 50 episodes. It is super crazy. Uh, by the time this one goes out, we'll probably have rolled over into 2,200 downloads, which is amazing. So thanks again. I think we, we thank you every week, but I'm still thankful, you know. Yeah, so we're like really appreciative of the, the fact that we got to 50, 50 episodes, and we hope to do 50 more because there's plenty of musicals out there to cover. Oh, for sure. We've like barely started in our, on our list, you guys. <laughs> I yeah. have so much more filth to go through. <laughs> Yeah, I'm ex- I, I'm excited for you to just because I actually picked up a musical I wanted Matt to cover for once, which gotcha. you can suggest stuff to us by the way by emailing us at save me now see it at gmail dot com. But since I talk to Matt all the time, I just told him which one I wanted him to cover. So yeah. I'm excited for his next show, which I think comes out in like two more episodes. So prepare yourselves for that one, guys. Because Matts are always good. Mm-hmm. Nope, they're an adventure. <laughs> that is not the word. There's something. Matt makes them fun. So, listeners, please make sure you like and subscribe to us wherever you are listening to podcasts. This ensures that you'll get our episodes as soon as they are posted. That way, if we have any sick updates, new merch, or anything, you're hearing it ASAP. ASAParoonies. Also, if you are on Apple, please leave us a five-star review. This greatly boosts us in the numbers, and we like the numbers. We like the numbers. And we like hearing what you have to say about us. Oh, yeah. And the best thing that you can do for us is to continue telling your friends and family and coworkers and strangers you meet on the bus, you know, just about us. Because that really helps get us out because it's a very organic way of growth. So we really appreciate you continuing to do that for us and your continued support. But, yeah, word of mouth is definitely the way that we get up there. And the reason why we've been able to get to 50 episodes. So that's really cool. For sure. And we've, like blown our downloads number out of the yes. water compared yeah. to last year so yeah i don't know if we've mentioned it but our goal for this year is to hit 5000 downloads so you guys are well on your way to get like getting us there so we really appreciate it so please keep pushing forward and telling everyone about us we are 3 months in and almost at half of that goal heck yeah that's bonkers and we are so excited <laughs> yeah we unfortunately have not been able to do too many steak celebrations, but they will be made up We've got, at some point. We owe ourselves so many steaks. <laughs> so many steaks, you guys. So we might, whoa, we might get dessert. <gasps> oh. oh, please. Wild. <laughs> please, yes. So like Katie said, you can email us, but you can also reach out to us pretty much anywhere else on the internet. 
So you can find us on Facebook at Save Me an Aisle Seat. You can find us on Twitter at Save an Aisle Seat. You can find us on Instagram at Save Me an Aisle Seat. We're on YouTube under the Ragtech Network. Just all over the place. So find us, follow us, check out our videos, send us some memes, chat with us. Yeah. Amber's been posting uh, some good good stuff Heck over yeah. on the gram. On the gram. Reels. On the grams. Yeah, she's uh, been having us do a lot of uh, weird little videos and it's been it's been a fun time so far. And we get retweeted by shows every like once in a blue moon. Right. So that's like, pretty mm-hmm. nuts. That is wild. We're creeping up there on followers too. I'd like to get like 100 followers on all of our medias this year. So if That'd you're out wild. there, follow yeah. us cuz we're cool. We are we are pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Don't mean to brag, but we're pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, so yeah, so to keep updated on our shows, including the other shows that we do in our network, the best way to do that is to go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. So that where you, you can find you know everything that we're doing, any shows coming up. And also you can find our merch. Just add the slash merch on there. You can see what we're doing there and any new designs that we may drop, as well as designs for our other shows as well. So keep your eye out for that. But I think that is all we have for you this week. We missed Kylie, but she will hopefully be back for the next one. Fingers crossed. Adulting is hard, you guys. But Housing is hard. Housing yeah. is hard. But we'll see how that goes. So thanks so much for listening to this episode of Save Me Now Seat. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, goodbye. Oh, Jesus. Ugh. All right. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of Save Me an Aisle Seat. We do this show for fun, but if you'd like to support us, you can check out our Ko-Fi at www.ko-fi.com slash ragtagnetwork. For more episodes and shows like this, go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. This show is brought to you by the Ragtag Network. If you love stories from American history, but are curious to follow down the more unbeaten path, then this five-star podcast is for you. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Bougere, and I'm a full-time author that loves to dig up stories that didn't quite make it into the mainstream history books. I lean more towards the darker side of American history. The curious, the strange, the deadly. Legends, murders, rituals, hauntings, traditions, and beliefs and the interesting collection this country was founded on. Join me every week with a new story that peeks behind the curtain of America's yesterday. You never know what I'll find in my bag of bones.